Talking the best defensive players in the NFL, starting with the defensive line today, ESPN, uh, thanks to Jeremy Fowler, talking to execs around the league, dropped the best players in the NFL at their respective positions. We've talked a lot about fantasy uh, offensive players recently on Peacock and Williamson. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball now and give some propers there. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thank you so much for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day day and it's a fun time of year where uh execs talk right and and i always like i like the uh the anonymous quotes from the higher-ups in the league the anonymous scouts around draft time gets more <laughs> silly than that but <laughs> yeah we're talking to gms and really high up player you know head coaches and and you know um offensive coordinators defense coordinators those types of things i really like to hear how they look at the league and, and how they think about players around the league. So these kind of lists are fun. They absolutely are. And I'll kind of give you what's happening here is this used to be Mike Sando's job at ESPN, who's a good friend of mine. He's been on our show a lot. I was at ESPN with him quite a bit, you know, a bit, you know, Mike and I used to write a column together every week and, you know, whatnot. And then Mike moved on to the athletic and they bumped up Jeremy Fowler as opposed to just being the Steelers guy. He is kind of the Sando national guy and he's taking the mantle here of doing the exact same article and just a side note, when I, when I see Jeremy, I, I always think of, of training camp in Pittsburgh because he was always two dorm rooms down for me. So I would see, you know, we share a huge bathroom in the dorms and, you know, I'd, I'd see Jeremy a lot this time of year. So it's almost that time of season that we, you know, we got the, the league kicking in here soon. But what Jeremy does, as Sando did, is he had, I think there's 15 different executives and different ones for different positions and they all get a vote. You know, they rank their top 10 guys at every position group. He just tallies the votes, picks out his favorite quotes and gives it to us. And it's great information. I love it. So let's start with defensive ends and uh, edge guys really. Yeah. And the player that tops the list here, he was defensive player of the year last year. And uh, 22 and a half sacks it's pretty hard to argue against tj watt and maybe if you just uh, put all the defensive players together he might be the guy at number one considering all the positions but on the edge it's tj watt from the pittsburgh steelers number one yeah i mean what he's done through his career is remarkable i mean he has 72 sacks in five seasons in the league i mean those are Reggie White, all-time great type of pace. And I know this sounds extravagant, but his case after five years for the Hall of Fame is almost on par with somebody like Pat Mahomes. You know, just taking the league by storm with no uh, dings in his resume. That being said, and everyone knows I'm a Steeler guy, I think I'd rather play against T.J. Watt than I would Miles Garrett. Yeah, and, and Miles Garrett comes up number two, and they were mm -hmm. part of that same draft class, right? In 2017, yeah. Watt was, you know, people weren't sure about Watt. He was a late first-round pick. Miles Garrett was 1.1 all day long, and he's ranked number one on this list in the past. It's crazy that Miles Garrett's still only 26 years old. I feel like I felt like he's been in the league for 10 years already. But yeah, he's oh, 100%. 26. He's going to be 26 all year long until, I think, December. 
Yeah, and he's a phenomenal player. I mean, I just mentioned that I think he's slightly better than T.J. Watt, which nobody likes to hear here in Pittsburgh, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, I will say his production career-wise isn't really even close. I'm I'm actually doing a quick uh, look here. Yeah, 16 sacks last year for Miles Garrett, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's got 58 and a half for his five years. And when you consider what TJ Watt has an extra season of, of sacks over <laughs> right. Miles Garrett, and they were drafted in the same season. Absolutely. And he's phenomenal. He's bigger. He's more physical than TJ. And that's what I give him the edge for. Really, if you're drawing up an edge pass rusher, a defensive end in a lab, it, it, it's this guy all day long. He's a superstar. You know what? This is this this reminds me. I want to share something with our viewers on youtube because okay. uh, this is something that just is always fun and i want to put it on the screen right now which is the photo from high school any chance to share this is always great the photo <laughs> from miles garrett in high school we always see these highlight clips from like what would have been been like to try to tackle adrian peterson in high school right right, like, right. I, I used to watch that he's already an adult one of the few players to go from high school to the nfl miles garrett's another one of those could have gone high school to the nfl and in this one it's unbelievable when you see him next to the types of People that had to block him. It's him next to the starting offensive lineman and defensive <laughs> like, This is crazy what this guy looked like, his physique, his body when he was a teenager. Just like 16 unreal. or whatever. Yeah. It, it, a, a true freak of nature, too. It's like something happened that's not supposed to happen for humans to turn out like that. And I've seen some clips of Miles Garrett recently, too. And, it's, you know, it's look, um, he's a football player not a basketball player, but just seeing him, you know, dunk from standing still and just throwing down windmills at, at his weight, 270. He's probably bigger than that even now. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, he's an unbelievable player and un, unbelievable, unbelievable physical talent. And there might even be more there. I, in fact, I, I think there is a lot more there. He might have one of his 20 sack seasons coming up soon. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would say Watt's been in a little bit better situation, but I think Watt also is a little more refined with his pass rush moves and stringing them together. I think Big Brother helped, obviously, where I think the best is ahead for Garrett. Yeah, and Garrett gets a lot of uh, help put his way, uh, similar to the next. And I'm sure TJ Watt does. I mean, all these guys no. kind of do, and but yeah. I, I think Nick Bosa, who comes in number three on this list, and I was surprised if he was going to be ahead of his brother. And he is. And, and Nick Bosa is still only 24 years old. And he had he missed one full season with the with the ACL injury and then came back, you know, as strong as ever last year. But it's the, the technique that that the youngest Bosa displayed from day one. I've never seen a player more ready to play because sometimes it takes edge guys a while, which so I think there's a lot there left with with um, with Miles Garrett. But T.J. Watt has technique and effort. And, and that's exactly what Nick Bosa brings to the table is the technique and effort, not quite as long and fast as TJ Watt. So I don't know if Nick Bosa will ever get to that level as just a pure pass rusher, but man, he's dynamic off the ball and just a uh, picture perfect technique as a pass rusher. And, and he keeps coming all day long. He's an elite player as well. I mean, with all respect to big brother, Joey and all the other names on this list, I think the top three kind of stand alone and you probably agree with me with your Niner background, but I think most people say it's Watt and Garrett in whatever order you set you like. I think Nick's in that tier as well, but those three are in the tier by themselves. 
this is how important Nick Bosa is. And it wasn't just on him, but the 49ers drafted him number two overall in 2019. They were bad enough to be among the two worst teams in the NFL record wise. Mm -hmm. Kyler Murray, then Nick Bosa in that draft. The 49ers then went from the second worst team in the NFL to the Super Bowl and lost to the Chiefs right. the Super yeah. Bowl because of how good their pass rush became because it was not the back of that year. pass rush. And they also, you know, and Jimmy Garoppolo had his first full healthy season with the 49ers because he was there for half the year in 2017, missed all of 2018, then 2019, his first full season. So, you know, you kind of had an opportunity to build things, but that roster was still just kind of getting going. It was year three of a complete teardown rebuild and putting that pass rush in there, D Ford, they brought in. Uh, from free agency as well. They actually give up a pick and sign him to a deal. That's how that's how important the pass rush was. Getting Ford and Bosa all of a sudden ignited the whole thing, and you saw, wow, okay, this thing just really came together instantly. That's what a pass rush can do. And we're talking about playoff caliber teams with these players that have these awesome edge rushers, right? 100%. And you know it's better than anyone. Your Niners are not afraid to put resources there. I mean, Kinlaw might not have worked out, or who knows, you know. Or <laughs> Not only are they not afraid, yeah. They Johnson. can't wait to spend resources there. Exactly. Everything. One there. more. Their top draft pick into it this year. You know, yep. so they're going to keep putting it in there. there. They understand where their bread's buttered. You know? Yeah. And it's funny because you've got an offensive minded head coach in Kyle Shanahan and you have a guy who played safety in the NFL and they both agree. We want defensive linemen. It makes everybody's <laughs> job. <easy. laughs> yep. I, I'm the same way. If I was building a team, I would get greedy and give me one extra pass rusher than I need. And then coming in number four is big brother, Joey Bosa. And I would say just the difference between the two is that and Joey's bigger, um, yeah. but Bosa, Nick Bosa holds up against the run just fine. He's got, he's got a little bit more juice. And so I, do I think he's got a little more juice. Nick yeah. Bosa is the better player and will be the better player than Joey Bosa. But Joey Bosa is really good too and has all that technique as well. Love Bosa. Yeah, I mentioned I, I would have those top three in their own tier. Bosa would be alone at four, too. Any of these other guys I don't think have a case for for four. So his spot to me is as set as the top three, at least right now. I mean, Chase Young could you know, get in this mix or guys like that. But if right. I were to rank them right now. But I don't know that Bosa can ever get to one. Joey. Joey. Yeah, I don't think Joey Bosa would ever get to one. He lacks that little bit of burst that some of the other guys have at the very mm -hmm. top. And, and the rest of this list on the, the edge players, some up-and-comers, maybe some guys on the way down in their career will get from five. And I, I agree with you, that's one through four pretty easily. And I think yeah. one through three especially. And almost like Joey Bosa's in his own tier above the other guys. Uh, but maybe, you know, there, it's a little bit closer. But the top three is the top three. Um, and, and really even just how freaky Garrett and, and Watt are. They're, they're, they're one and two, and they might not get knocked off for a while because you yeah. can't make that kind of freakiness. Um, we'll get through the rest of the top 10 there from the ESPN list. Uh, really, it's not an ESPN list. It is a league executives list, which, you know, right. which, which adds to the value of a list like this. And then we'll talk defensive tackles as well coming up. And we'll let the folks out there know about Dave. Hindsight is 2020 and you can't change the past, but you can get help from future you. I mean, how much, how many problems could you save in your life if you had an opportunity to talk to future you earlier on in your life, right? But now uh, you can get a little help from your future self. Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Dave is the banking app that can help you get $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, more money to catch up on bills, more money to buy a gift, whatever it is that you need that extra cash for. You can find it with Dave and extra cash. You can finally tackle all those expenses that have been stressing you out. No interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need 
with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E, Dave. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Future you will thank you. All right, thanks again for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you are subscribed up to the Locked On NFL channel to get Peacock and Williamson on YouTube, as well as the Locked On NFL show and tons of other great content. Uh, one sh- one particular event that I'm going to talk about in just a little bit. Let's get back to these edge players, Matt. And uh, number five on the list is a guy who goes a little under the radar, mostly because he wasn't, yeah. you know, a first round pick and, you know, doesn't have a famous last name or anything like that. <laughs> right. But Max Crosby has become a, a real dude in the NFL coming off the edge. Big time. And it's come on like gangbusters since coming to the league. Really good athletic tester. You know, sometimes he gets lumped in with try hard guy, you know, but he does have a lot of athletic ability. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we did that show about blitz rate for sacks and pressures and whatnot. And if you remember, the Raiders were by far the least blitz happy team in the league, but they weren't that bad in the sack department. It's mostly because of this guy. And they tried to draft that edge player in the top. What was pick three, pick four, right? Feral, yeah. If, in the same draft, draft, same draft. And they ended up going with the fourth rounder that, that made good uh, as an edge guy in Max Crosby. So, um, yeah, he's he's quickly become among the upper echelon of edge rushers. And one thing I do love about this list with the executives, it's not just one person's list, so you don't get the weird hot take name. Exactly. You know, there's yeah. a sort of a filter that it goes through talking to multiple league executives. You really un- understand how the league feels about these players. And the league still loves themselves some Vom Miller. He's maybe not the top guy as he would have been in the past on this list, but uh, he's still in the top 10, and they've got Vaughn Miller, who's now with the Buffalo Bills at number six. I mean, he's an all-time great. He's already a Hall of Famer. He's going for back-to-back Super Bowls, which will be his third. Very bendy, you know, in his prime in particular. You know, he gets really, really low and explosive. I guess he's the one that's like championing this edge rusher camp, you know, kind of like the tight end camp stuff that people do. So he's kind of looked like as a big brother figure amongst the edge rushers. And that's why he's went to Buffalo is to tutor Rousseau and Basham and all those guys. And he still gets it done at a high level. I was wondering how well Von Miller would age because his trump card was just his speed because he wasn't the biggest guy. And, you know, technique and everything and flexibility. It's like, okay, you get a little older, you lose a step, you lose some of that flexibility going around the corner, running under the table, which was his calling card earlier yeah. on his career. How good is he still going to be? But he's still really darn good. He may not be as, as explosive as he was, but still really good. And uh, maybe on the back end, as is the next guy coming in at number seven, Chandler Jones on the back end, had 10 and a half sacks last year. And uh, that's pretty darn good if one of your down years is 10 and a half sacks still. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Coming off injury, going to pair with Crosby in Vegas. Uh, I think he's perennially underrated, too. Like, when it's said and done, I think he's going to have a Hall of Fame case. And I'm sure Belichick looks back at him and was like, should I really have traded him five years ago or so and just wrote it out with this guy? Because he was great with the Patriots. He was great with the Cardinals. I think he's still going to be great with the Raiders. Yeah, there there was another 
contract that I think he could have hung on there with uh, yeah. with the Patriots. And the Patriots are so good at letting guys go too soon rather than too late and understanding who's part of the system and, and who they can't win without. I think Chandler Jones, the position he plays, and I don't know how it would have worked, you know, cap wise for the Patriots if it just wasn't feasible. But that might be one that Bill Belichick, if he asked him, uh, might say that he got away. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he was you know, trading him when he was 25-ish, 26, something like that. And there's a lot of good football that came mm-hmm. after that point. Love this guy, Brian Burns. Uh, glad to see yes. him on this list because I think he's uh, he's awesome. And he, he's still just getting better. Still only 24 years old. All the length, all the speed, all the athleticism, really starting to put it together uh, as one of the best edge rushers in the NFL. And I wouldn't be shocked if he's in the top five after this season. I 100% agree. Um if you don't think he's in this class, you haven't watched him enough, and I can understand people that haven't. I think he has some Von Miller combination of bend and leanness and length and all those things. And that defense, which is something I really noticed after the Baker trade, they were constantly put in brutal situations and not pass rushing situations. So don't think by any means he's coming off a down year. He's just coming off a down situation. Right. And I think we might see one of those years because he hasn't had double digit sacks. He had a couple of years with nine mm-hmm. sacks. This might be the year we see 16, 17 right. sacks. Right. He's a better team. Maybe maybe he's able to pin his ears back and, and and rush the passer late in games when he when you know when you're up and you know the other team might be throwing a little bit. Hasn't mm-hmm. had that opportunity with the Panthers. I'm a big fan. Khalil Mack coming in at number nine, still playing at a high level, still uh, a player that teams are, are going out and trying to get to help fix their defense. And while you pair him with another guy on this list in Joey Bosa now with the Los Angeles Chargers, that could be a lot of fun and and maybe even a resurgence. Maybe maybe there's more there with Khalil Mack. Still only 31 years old. Yeah, I mean, he's another one that has a strong Hall of Fame case already. Um, really physical at the point of attack. You know, I mean, great versus the run. Um I'm curious. I think he's really at a crossroads because he has had some injuries lately. You know, people are going to look at him as Robin instead of Batman now with with the Chargers. Um, And we'll see. I I still have very high hopes for him, much like Chandler Jones. But I will say, and I just read this here because I was looking for the number two. He only has 76 and a half career sacks over eight years, which is is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. But I thought the number would be higher than that. You know, eight really strong years, but he's not even ad- averaging 10 sacks a, career, a year. Right. Yeah. And since he's been traded to Chicago, those numbers have just dwindled. Eight and a half well, sacks, nine sacks. And then obviously last year, six sacks in seven games. So you extrapolate that out. It'd still be a pretty darn good season. But, you know, some injuries and you worry that maybe injuries start taking their toll on him. Um, but I have a feeling he's going to be a monster and you can't, you can't double team him now. Right. Right. And they're playing with leads and, you know, right. I mean, the bears didn't have those situations. And uh, another vet here coming up on the list, the the league really likes themselves some Cam Jordan. I was a little bit surprised about this one, but it's not all about sack production either. This guy is a complete defensive end. He's been doing it at a high level for a really long time. Another perennial underrated player in the NFL. Yeah, do-it-all dude, leader, tough, aligns all over the line of scrimmage. If, if he was on whatever team you guys like the most, you'd probably have a Cam Jordan jersey. You know, I mean, he's going to go down as an all-time great saint, still in his prime. I mean, I don't know if he's still in his prime, but still playing very, very well. Um, I, I don't have much more to add. I, I just think he's phenomenal. Yeah, and uh, it's not just about pass rushing as well. you got to stop the run, and Jordan did have the highest run-stop win rate nope. on this list, according to ESPN. So Okay. A couple other names. I mean, Chase Young, are we putting too much on him? Super, you know, super athlete, drafted high, 
are we expecting everyone to be Miles Garrett? that is that is like that you know are we expecting too much from chase young um coming off a torn acl um it'll shock me if he's not in the top 10 next year and maybe even the top four uh-huh. but i also think there was a little bit of a book on him where you see this sometimes with young super talented edge rushers that they can just out athlete their opponent certainly in college and yep. then people get a book on him and realize hey if i push him past the pocket a little bit he doesn't come back on an inside track on me as much as he should so assuming he does the work he should be right back in there but he wasn't playing great before his injury last year no he was a little disappointing but yeah, yeah and that's why i said earlier it takes some time it's rare that someone like nick bosa just comes out right. and is ready to go as an edge player because you got to adjust the adjustments and these offensive tackles are freaks of nature trees for arms and you don't see a lot smart. of that every week in college football even in a big time program and they're smart they, they know this kid can't hit the curveball you know i mean you get a scouting report on these edge rushers pretty quick in the league you can't be one-dimensional and if you're going to have speed you got to bring speed to power you got to bring counters to that as well and chase young has all the ingredients and we'll see if he puts it together yeah i think he will i mean we saw him really dominate as a rookie good chance with with his with just with his skill set and some of yeah. the older names on this list, gotta gotta believe he's gonna get in that top ten this year. A yeah. couple other honor, honorable mentions here: Trey Hendrickson, Danell Hunter, Shaquille Barrett, and Demarcus Lawrence. Yep, and another guy receiving votes. I just want to throw out there that I very much think is on the rise is Rashawn Gary in Green Bay. I mean, he was the top recruit in the country. At Michigan, he didn't have high sack numbers, but boy, he turned the corner, and he's one of the few that could be in the top five next year. I'm that high on him. And similar to Brian Burns, yeah. being on a better team that can pin your ears back for Josh Allen, who also got votes here from Absolutely. league executives. Josh Allen from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And yeah, Rashawn Gary really came into his own last year. Scary, young, young, talented edge rushers in the NFL. Yeah, that's the next generation. Let's talk defensive tackles. Hmm, I wonder who's going to be number one on this list. <laughs> Aaron Donald comes in at number one. Is there anything else to say about this guy uh, except for nope. he was number one last year? He's never been lower than number one since they've been doing this list. So he's just he's one dot one forever and always as interior defensive lineman. And at this point, it's just like you know you hope he just doesn't retire. Absolutely, I mean he's been a joy to watch. Hail to Pitt, love that. Um, one thing about this article that I find interesting is they say highest ranking, lowest ranking, like somebody ranked Aaron Rodgers is like the eighth best quarterback, you know, like, okay, there's one oddball in the bunch. That's why they take a lot of votes, obviously, but this guy got unanimous ones. Good. I mean, I'm glad it makes me feel better about the voters. Yeah, ex- exactly. I love this quote too, from a, a, a scout from a team that is his opponent. Uh, this is from an NFC scout says, I just try to appreciate his greatness, but I don't have to play him as a guard. I love that quote. <laughs> there you go. You know, that, when, you're the, when you're the opponent and you're watching how awesome the guys you're playing against are, yeah. that's pretty great. Okay, next we'll come back and finish the rest of the list of the interior defensive line guys, and I think it does get more interesting from number two through ten. I do want to let everybody know about uh, the latest event coming on the Locked On Podcast Network. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most starting July 18th? Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at bet online available July 18th on the locked on NFL channel on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. I think we'll see a lot of quarterbacks and a, a lot of these names coming up on that list of non quarterbacks. Some of these, uh, these defensive linemen difference makers around the league on that top 50 
line moving list. Number two, according to league executives, an interesting one. Uh, last year, he was at number six. Comes in at number two this year, Tennessee Titans defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons. I was really excited to see this because I just it just affirmed what I thought about the guy that I don't know that everyone out there puts him in the same tier of best defensive tackle not named Aaron Donald. You know, the Cam Haywards, DeForest Buckners, Chris Jones, whatever flavor of that ice cream you like. Simmons is right there with all those guys. And if we're drafting, including Donald, who do I get from this point to the end of their career? He's my first pick overall. He's only 24. I love that the the Titans kind of have gone back to the well and tried to find that player who dropped for some reason, and maybe they get some extra excess value after that. And it mm-hmm. looks like such a phenomenal draft, although they traded A.J. Brown already from that 2019 oh, class, though. But to start with Jeffrey Simmons and A.J. Brown, that's pretty fantastic. Um, but they haven't hit yet. They they had uh, Isaiah Wilson in 2020, and there was red flags there with him. And then Christian Fulton, I think, had some injuries as well, right, in the second round. Mm-hmm. And those guys haven't really hit big for them. Then they came back with Caleb Farley in the first round, who had a, a really bad injury, but it's dynamic athlete at cornerback, and he still hasn't gotten his legs under him in his NFL career. He's only played three games so far uh, in his first uh, two two seasons now. No. Was that 21? No, it was only his rookie season. So he was a rookie game. last year and didn't play hardly at all as a rookie. Yeah. No, and we'll see if that one works out. Maybe they did it again with Caleb Farley, but really going back to the same, like, look, let's find the 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 biggest, you know, height, weight, speed monster. Right. Could be Should have been a top five pick. For, you know, right. reason. And in a lot of ways, Traylon Burks with some postseason workouts and some questions with him, he was thought of as wide receiver one. He fell a little bit and they ended up drafting him after they traded for the pick from AJ Brown. Yeah, and I assume they knew the asthma thing with Burks. You know, I'm sure everybody did. I hope uh, they did. Because I hope so, right. <laughs> if they didn't and the guy shows up and can't finish the practice, that's a little bit scary, a little bit yeah. worrisome there. He may, maybe should have fallen past 18 if that's the case. It's also the things that we don't get to see. And sometimes a player falls like, why? This guy's too good. Why is he falling? He's like, oh, he's got asthma. He's not going to be able to have a career. Like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> that's important, yeah. Number three, Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs. He's been really kind of just right in this area. He's ranked two in the past. That um, was two last year. And really good player. Kind of stepped back maybe last year. Um, yeah, I have mixed feelings on this one because the Chiefs were at the bottom of the league in sacks, and he's not the only reason. But he's been instrumental, not to the Mahomes level or Tyreek level, but right behind them in the Chiefs' success of late. He's a great, great player. He's just a little on the inconsistent side. I mean, uh, you'll see him, I don't want to say take plays off. That's a little harsh, but he saves it for the right times. Yeah, I can see that. He, he uh, really good at batting the ball down. Saw in the Super Bowl in 2019. He had 15 and a half sacks in 2018. Mm-hmm. So there's been some dominant years. But yeah, you, you almost feel like you want more because there, there could be potentially more there with him. And he's missed games in every season too. I have actually put the next two guys ahead of him because I think they're more consistent and do more of the dirty work, even though it might not quite show up in the stat sheet. Buckner, uh, really, for he's the Iron Man of the NFL among defensive linemen. Yes. The, the games he plays and the the number of snaps he plays per game, um, he's just ab- about as dependable as you can get. But someone like Chris Jones would have a better highlight tape. Yes, agreed. Um, Big time leader. 
rare height and length and unbelievably huge hands and, you know, again, eats up blocks. I mean, he's the one on that defense that every team game plans around. You know, I mean, he's the star of the show and he brings a snap after snap. I mean, the Colts are thrilled they gave up a first-round pick for him. I mean, he's a tremendous player. I'd have him a little higher, as with my guy here next. I can't I can't, you know, deny that. Yeah, he's got to have some more seasons of, of the 12-sack production he had in San Francisco, you know, and get some of those double dax, double digit sack seasons, and he'll, he'll get a little bit more credit. Yeah, if they uh, give him Bosa and, and Armstead and those guys, he probably would get there again. Right. Yep. <laughs> uh, he probably would more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cam Hayward coming in at number five here, and kind of similar to uh, another Cam that we just talked about, Cam Jordan on the the edge very rush similar. group, just a guy that's been doing everything for a very long time at a high level. Yeah, and I'm lucky enough to be around him a fair amount. He is the leader of the Steelers football team. I mean, he's taken that from Pouncey and Ben and all those guys. I mean, he has for some time on defense. I think he actually had his best year as a pro. No to it, no alu-alu. I mean, they played him at nose sometimes. There wasn't a snap, basically. He wasn't double teamed and just played way too many snaps and still was highly productive. So I'm a big fan. I mean, I think he's a tremendous football player. I could make the case for him to be two. As a and I didn't look up the stats because I didn't realize it until I saw the the uh, the quote from a scouting director in the NFL who said, "Look at his numbers and watch him. There's no decline at all." And you look no, at his numbers, he's 33 years old, still going. He's still the same dude. Ten sacks last year. I think he's better than ever, which is unbelievable. That is pretty unbelievable. Yeah. Number six, Kenny Clark of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, another one that. He can play a modern day nose where he's not Will Fork or Casey Hampton or the Williams wall. You know, he can rush the passer, but he gets doubled a lot. I mean, he, he pushes centers backwards, demands guards to double team him. The, his teammates greatly respect what he does and he still produces. He, he's a little under the radar as well. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. And the next guy, Vita Vea, is a nose tackle that is a modern-day nose tackle because of how athletic and disruptive, Absolutely. disruptive he is. But he's an old-school nose tackle, too, because he's 350 pounds. <laughs> he's massive. I mean, he's like a Nada or one of those type of dudes. And I, I think the Eagles are hoping Jordan Davis turns into Vita Vea. The problem is, and this is why I wouldn't have him much higher than this or any higher than this, and where's the number right here? He only played 581 snaps, you know, where a lot of these guys are logging a thousand because in third and long, he does come off the field. Yeah. Uh, still a two down player a lot of times. And so mm -hmm. that does, it has to work against him a little bit, but he's yeah. really disruptive for being uh, someone who can play that true nose tackle zero technique, take on double teams all day, kind of a role. I mean, imagine trying to block him. I mean, come on. I'm actually a little surprised about number eight, Eric Armstead jumping into the top 10 here, uh, even though I cover the 49ers because he's, you know, I thought he would be an underrated player that didn't quite get in because the stats have never really been there except for the one year, the last year he was he was able to play along with, you know, Nick Bosa and DeForest Buckner. And since then, the you know, the double digit sack production hasn't been there. He did have the 10 sacks in 2019, has some injury issues earlier in his career. And then all of a sudden he's played every single game for the last four years because some 49ers fans wanted to run him out of town. I was like, what a waste for first round pick he's always injured <laughs> hasn't produced a lot and i think he's found a home now as an interior guy where he was sort of a big end earlier in his career sort of a five tech slash you know kind of out of place on third downs as an end now he's playing full-time mm -hmm. in the interior is a three technique and i think it's really helping him and much like buckner his former you know colleague you know that uh, the calais campbells of the world the jj watts you know you're seeing more of these 
long guys that operate well from the interior and can play outside if needed. I'm not busting on your guy at all. He'd be in my top 10, but I think the top seven are pretty clear in whatever order you want. And then there's a little gap for whoever you'd want to put eight. I think there's a gap. And I yeah, think that's yeah. why someone like Vita Vea, who might not even play, uh, you know, uh, the, the full, the full number mm-hmm. of snaps of some of these guys, but he's so impactful in the snaps he does play is still ahead of someone like Eric Armstead. So I think I that's why we have that, that sort of gap right there. And there's probably a lot of arguments for a lot of guys in this, range and really the 49ers probably realize now they screwed up and they already had the replacement in-house for DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead should just left him inside to play that role and not have to spend that first round draft pick on Javon Kinlaw good point good point but they want a lot of them just like I do you know yeah exactly well if if we're gonna screw up we're gonna screw up because we're drafting too many defensive linemen the first pick they they (laughs) made many talented defensive linemen what a terrible problem yeah the first thing they drafted in 2017 was a bust of a defensive lineman and they're like well we're gonna keep going back to that well do it again. Uh, Grady Jarrett, Atlanta Falcons, coming in at number nine. He's kind of a tough one for me because he's perennially been underrated. The Falcons had less sacks than TJ Watt. I mean, they were the worst pass rushing team we've seen in a long time, but he gets doubled all the time. He's a very good run stuffer, even though he's kind of a Geno Atkins, smaller bodied guy. But I do think he's starting to drop a little. Some similarities maybe even in career arc with Grady Jarrett and the next guy on the list, Jonathan Allen from the Washington commanders, mm-hmm. you know, it's a really solid player. Good against the run. can give you a little juice as a pass rusher, as an interior guy and, and comes every down. Yeah. I mean, one of these Bama first round picks, uh, that's maybe not a household name keeps getting better and better was clearly Washington's best defensive player last year, including chase young and Payne and those other defensive linemen. I, I would just love to see, that defensive front led by Young and Allen all clicking together at the same time. I mean, what a nightmare that would be. And I think it's pretty clear. We talked about there could be a lot of people competing for the end of the top 10 there after sort of a, a, a tier break. And mm-hmm. these votes really bear that out because you look at the honorable mentions of, of four guys, DJ Jones, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, Leonard Williams, and then about 10 other names of, of guys that got votes. So a lot more players got votes on the interior defensive lineman than the edge guys. 100%. And there's just a lot of really good ones. I say this all the time, and I think this is a good reflection, that the D lineman's talent gap, not necessarily skill gap, but talent gap over the offensive lineman in the league right now is vast. You know, I mean, like Christian Wilkins is a very, very good player, and he didn't really even sniff the top 10. Yeah, he maybe got a vote. Who knows? He's, yeah, he's, right, he's right. also ran here. J.J. Watt's still hanging on with getting mm-hmm. votes. Calais Campbell's still getting votes. Um, you know, Fletcher Cox, Leonard Williams. A lot of these guys have been getting votes on lists like this for a very long time. 100%. And then there's some names that people don't realize, the D.J. Jones, maybe D.J. Reader, certainly David Onyemata. I'm not sure all of our listeners know what teams every one of those guys plays for, and they're great <laughs> players, you know. Yeah, David on Yamada, definitely an up and comer, a name that's not a household name. Quentin Williams, for being drafted number three overall not that long ago, has had a disappointing begin to his career, but there's yeah. also a lot of talent there. I wonder if there's a potential breakout steer still there for him with that Jets defense. I kind of put him and Jeffrey Simmons on, on similar career arcs, but Williams didn't take the step Simmons did this year. 
He also demands a lot of attention. I mean, back to your Niners, they're collecting front talent, you know, left and right. I mean, they want an extra defensive lineman too. But it might be put up or shut up time for him to either be good or is it time to be great? That's the list of defensive linemen, the best defensive linemen in the NFL, according to a league executives. We'll check in on linebackers and defensive backs later on in the week. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Back tomorrow right here, Peacock and Williamson.